Good morning. Um, I timed my, my words, and I think I have a minute extra. So I'm going to tell the story. Um, I was eating yesterday at uh, Over Easy on North Nevada at, at the community table. And um, this, is a, this is a story about feistiness, I think. Um, there was a young couple that came and sat across from me. We didn't have any conversation or anything. They must have been early 20-ish. The guy was obviously very uncomfortable. He's a guy, you know. You can't hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Anyway, there was a couple who were there at the, at the table. The guy was seemingly uncomfortable. Um, and at one point, um, the girl turned to the guy and said something about that person sitting across from you, and I kind of finished it in my own mind, isn't a real woman or something like that. So when I, um, when I got her eye contact, I said, you're right. I'm a transgender person. Hi. <laughs> Do you come here often? Isn't the food great? The one thing I don't really like about this is it's so loud. You two are doing the right thing. You're sitting next to each other so you can talk. I said, I read your lips. And she said, so when did you, have, when did you go through transition? I said, I haven't. I live part of my life as a man and part of my life as a woman. And the guy was just getting redder and redder and redder. And, and I said, this is the way that I feel most like my real self. And then we talked a little bit more about, about the, the food and stuff. And then I was just about done, so I left and went to the bathroom. I almost said, almost said to them, I'm going to the bathroom. Watch out. But I didn't. But on the way back, on the way out, I went by and said, hey, have a great day. That's my story of feistiness as an old fart transgender person. Okay. So, oh my gosh, I just seem to have lost my my uh, words. Well, okay. So, um, thank you for this opportunity to, to share with you. Um, I'm 68. I grew up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, as a graduate of the Air Force Academy, I spent 30 years on active duty in the Air Force, and I've taught physics at the, at the Air Force Academy for 16 years. In fact, just on Friday, I saw two of my previous students who referred to me as Colonel Mayor, which means that I had them in class before 2002, and they're back at the academy to teach. I feel wonderfully experienced and very, very rich in, in life experience, as opposed to old. Uh, uh, 
I've, I've been married several times. I have two awesome adult children, a son and a, and a daughter. I have a great relationship with their mom. Um, I've seen a good part of the world. I've lived in Bolivia, Spain, and Chile. Uh, flew big airplanes. Was a ROTC detachment commander in Montana. Um, I, I was pretty much the quintessential all-American white male with a catch. And the catch is something that you know about and have been so wonderfully and lovingly supportive of. And that catch is that I feel like the real authentic me as a woman. Um, I never really felt comfortable um, in the guy world, but the pressures of guidom are pretty restrictive and, and uh, demanding. So I just kind of kept my head down and slogged along and felt kind of perverted or weird, thought of myself that way, when the need to see myself as a woman caused me to buy some clothes or makeup and hide it and then maybe take a little bag on a business trip so that I could see Marcy in the mirror. Um, so that's, that's a little glimpse of, of my journey, but my journey has a wonderful most recent chapter, and that is being a member of, of First Congregational Church. Um, I never, ever was a member of a church. I've attended First Congregational more than I have ever attended church in my previous 66 years. Being a member of this church is one of my most cherished associations. Second, probably only to being the father of my children. Um, so I was asked to, to speak about why a faith community should be open and affirming. And that's really an easy question, I think. The answer is that God is here with us, whether we're here assembled or doing our daily activities, because God is in us. You and I are God. How could God possibly not want all of him or her or themselves to be present? It doesn't matter whether you're cisgender or gay or lesbian or other sexual or cute or nice or jerky or whatever those many adjectives might be that describe humans, we are all God. And why or how could you not possibly want to have all of God here? God cannot be here if all of God is not here. Every one of us is God. It, se it seems really simple to me. 
I don't understand why so many people don't get it. So thank you and bless you, my divine community of fellow God parts. Thank you, Marcy, beloved child of God. We are so blessed by your story and your presence among us. Next, I'd like to invite Liz um, to come and tell her story. She is a yoga instructor and a mama and a beloved child of this congregation. So please come forward. Good morning. My name is Liz, and I am the proud mom of a transgender teen. My son, Jess, came out to us last summer. In case you aren't familiar with the term transgender, I'll describe the experience the way Jess described it to me. Being born biologically female, Jess wakes up every morning, casually glances down at his body, and is repulsed by what he sees. The physical bits and pieces do not line up with who he knows he truly is at his core, a male. I wandered into First Congregational Church four years ago at the suggestion of a dear friend. I was staggering my way out of a divorce and needed a soft place to land. My own church felt full of barbs and rough edges, and in contrast, FCC felt full of grace and space. Mm -hmm. I see now that God's plan in leading me to FCC was far bigger than simply comforting me after a divorce, that God was moving ahead of my family, preparing the way so Jess would have his own soft place to land as well. When Jess opened up to me about his true gender identity, I turned to Candace Woods, Jess's youth leader here at FCC, for guidance and support. Candace met with Jess over coffee and gave Jess a book which provided him language for what he was experiencing. Candace quickly pointed us towards counselors, inside-out youth services, and other transgender teens who could serve as mentors. I felt that we were hemmed in, surrounded and supported right in the pocket of God's love. Jess was preparing to go on the middle school mission trip the following week. When the youth and parents gathered before the departure, Candace casually announced that Jess was now a he, that he wanted to use male pronouns, use the men's bathrooms, and room with the boys on the trip. As I watched nervously, all I saw were nodding heads, looks of affirmation and support from both kids and parents. It was an extraordinary moment. About a month later, Jess attended Voyager camp at La Forêt. I was able to select Jess's preferred pronouns and sleeping arrangements on the registration form. The camp leaders even invited Jess to share his experience as a transgender teen, allowing the campers to ask him questions and giving Jess the opportunity to educate them and perhaps expand their hearts and minds just a bit. Jess's camp counselor assured Jess that God doesn't make mistakes, only miracles. Friends. Our welcoming church, our beautiful denomination, is rare and unique. While this makes me proud of who we are, proud of the good work we are doing as an open and affirming community, it also makes me sad. In today's scripture text, Paul tells his readers not to be a stumbling block, not to put any obstacle in the way of those coming to Christ, 
I fear the church as a whole is still just that, an obstacle. We too often ask individuals to choose between their faith and their sexuality or gender identity. Ask them to deny or give up a part of their true nature in order to come to Christ. My heart aches for those who are kept away from the church, for the love of God, not by God herself, who is all-loving, all-inclusive, all-welcoming, but by the people in the churches who block the way. So I say thank you to FCC, to the United Church of Christ, for being a light, for being a safe, soft place for my brave, bold, transgender son and for our family. But my thank you is heavy with the pain of all those in the LGBTQ plus community who do not have such a home, who perhaps do not have faith in God because they have been excluded from the faith community. I would like to read a beautiful poem by the poet W.S. Merwin that expresses this tension. It is simply called Thanks. Listen, with the night falling, we are saying thank you. We are stopping on the bridges to bow from the railings. We are running out of the glass rooms with our mouths full of food to look at the sky and say thank you. We are standing by the water thanking it, standing by the windows looking out in our directions. Back from a series of hospitals, back from a mugging, after funerals, we are saying thank you. After the news of the dead, whether or not we knew them, we are saying thank you. Over telephones, we are saying thank you. In doorways and in the backs of cars and in elevators, remembering wars and the police at the door, and the beatings on stairs, we are saying thank you. In the banks, we are saying thank you. In the faces of the officials and the rich and of all who will never change, we go on saying thank you, thank you. With the animals dying around us, our lost feelings, we are saying thank you. With the forests falling faster than the minutes of our lives, we are saying thank you. With the words going out like cells of a brain, with the series, cities gr growing over us, we are saying thank you faster and faster. With nobody listening, we are saying thank you. We are saying thank you and waving, dark though it is.